Cyberspace has been in existence for some time. It's very thin stuff right now. This is John Perry Barlow speaking about cyberspace at the Ars Electronica Festival in 1990. He paints it as blank, an empty space that we can fill with culture and creativity and how exciting the future will be. We're going to have to be able to experience information. Imagine wrestling galaxies. We can do that there. A wrestling molecule or smelling Beethoven's ninth or playing games of tag where you hide inside your partner's head or flying around the Mandelbrot set, which I'm really looking forward to doing, actually. When John Peribalo talks about us creating this future, he's really referring to us, to me, to you, society, everyday people, the general public. He's not talking about big industries or the economy. And John Peribalo isn't just some guy. He was the visionary of his time. He knew back then already that someone had to defend citizens' rights in the digital space. And that's why, in the same year as he visited Ars Electronica, he also co-founded the Electronic Frontier Foundation. And today the EFF is still a major player in the fight for internet privacy, freedom and civil rights. And that's what today's episode is all about. It's about the possibilities, plans, ideas and visions for using tech in a way that benefits us all. I'm Sarah Krischer, and over the past weeks and months I've been chatting with artists, researchers and of course the creative folks at Ars Electronica to get the lowdown of this year's festival theme, Who Owns the Truth? Who Owns the Truth? The Ur 1 Festival podcast for Ars Electronica. Episode 4. Truth in Service of Common Good. Governments of the industrial world, you weary giants of flesh and steel, I come from cyberspace, the new home of mind. On behalf of the future, I ask you of the past to leave us alone. You are not welcome among us. You have no sovereignty where we gather. That's the opening of John Peribalo's Declaration of Independence of Cyberspace. He used to write song lyrics for the band Grateful Dead, but he was also all about the internet from the get-go. And he was one of the first to ask what tech could mean for creatives. In 1990, he published an essay dealing with the impact of digitalization on intellectual property and copyright. In 1990, 33 years ago, when only a handful of people were online, dialing in at turtle speed. Back then, he already had the whole copyright issue in mind. And then, 27 years ago, when only an estimated 0.9% of the world's population was somehow online and everyone was still connecting in at turtle speed, he dropped his manifesto. Because the U.S. was about to regulate the Internet with the Telecommunications Act. That's when he ditched songwriting and wrote the Declaration of Independence of Cyberspace. And he ends with these words. We will spread ourselves across the planet so that no one can arrest our thoughts. We will create a civilization of the mind in cyberspace. May it be more humane and fair than the world your governments have made before. And 
and clearly it didn't go exactly as planned. However, Balo maintained his stance and attitude until his death, asserting that the internet must be a space for free expression and creative exchange. And many have praised him for his idealistic approach, but even more have criticized him. Critics who said that it was kind of naive, that the world, even the cyberspace, just doesn't work that way. You know, the entire, just don't go online if you don't want cookies and trackers on your tail. If you don't want them to use your data, don't go on the platform. It's your fault. You know it, it's your fault. All these arguments. And then, with a cool shrug, they say, sorry, but that's the truth. While they try to drown you in numbers, cost benefits, SWOT analyses and stats. As control can be particularly effectively reinforced when someone doubts their own perception. But John Peribalo opposed this trend early on. Just because this economic truth exists doesn't mean he had to buy into it. And his voice still echoes in the associations, projects and initiatives that try to build or maintain the internet as a place of collaboration and mutual support within the context of new digital truths. The German Chaos Computer Club also won a golden Nika at the Ars Electronica Festival in the category Digital Communities back in 2010 for this. And this approach, digital humanism, the concept or conviction that technology and digitalization should serve people, not the other way around, is gaining attention not only as a firm part of Ars Electronica. This idea has also manifested itself at the European level, even if it is not explicitly referred to as digital humanism. As Europeans, we want to be the global leader of a digital transformation that puts people at its heart. As the president of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, in June 2021, at the EU conference leading the digital decade, their initiatives, projects and funding programs were presented for two days to demonstrate how European values should be reflected in the digital transformation. And Ars Electronica continues to carry forward some of these projects and initiatives. And these are not just declarations of intent, but concrete projects in art research and society that will be presented during the festival in September. And that's why Vanessa Hannesleger, who heads up European projects for the festival, is always on the move between Linz, Vienna and Brussels. And it was pretty hard to get hold of her, so she could fill me in on what these EU projects are all about. One example that I can give is the Realities in Transition project. This is a project that focuses on extended reality, so that's virtual reality as well as augmented reality, and anything that goes beyond. And in this project, we are uh, looking to work together with artists to, on the one hand, build an artistic community around these topics, working with different methodologies, but also establishing a new, more inclusive, more open approach on using extended reality technology or also mixed reality, which is a terminology that is sometimes used. That means we're working with artists who are developing new projects, working with these technologies and who also come together and learn from each other. Education is not surprisingly an important issue, not only at Ars Electronica, but also at the EU. The We STEAM project, for example, is tackling STEM, an acronym in education that we often call MINT 
to highlight the disciplines of math, IT, science and technology. In which we like to uh, encourage women and girls to get more engaged with technology, mathematics and also including from STEM to STEAM the artistic methodologies in working with these types of contents and with these types of approaches. This year there's also a first a premiere. Ars Electronica will be giving out the European Union Prize for Citizen Science at the festival for the first time. This is special not only because the EU Commission asked Ars Electronica to do this, but also because it sends an important message. Citizen research has often been belittled in scientific circles, and citizen science was often seen more as a PR or educational effort than quote-unquote real science. So it took a lot of studies and projects to change this attitude. And it changed. And that's good, because the participation of citizens in research can be a valuable and important supplement to scientific methods. Yeah, for the European Commission, they are very outspoken about the fact that they need to advance Europe, of course, with an open research approach. That's Veronika Liebel. She's the managing director of the festival pre and exhibition departments at Ars Electronica and also responsible for the development of European research and cultural collaborations. And she emphasizes again that the citizen science project for the EU really is more than just public relation. And she got a good argument as 60,000 euros for the winning project underscore that citizen science participation reflects an European attitude that is all about co-creators of a desirable future and not passive recipients of technological progress. So for them it is tremendously important to bring in players and actors who are from the civil society, who are really also pushing, of course, research towards opening up toward other disciplines. Um, and for us at the other side, it is a big chance to also demonstrate and showcase that this bridge between disciplines, this bridge between art, science and technology we are pushing already since so many decades is something you can only do with including also the civil society. This year, the Isala project from Belgium took the prize. It's named after Isala van Diest, a pioneer of the Belgian women's movement, who fought for women's right to study and practice medicine. Vanessa Hannesschläger, who heads up European projects for the festival, sums the project up like this. A wonderful project that is researching the vaginal microbiome in healthy people. This is a very interesting topic because usually the research data that we have on the vaginal microbiome only comes from people who have some sort of trouble. So, of course, if nothing is wrong, then people do not go to doctors and clinics. And so also no data on how their microbiome is developing is collected. In their case, they involved more than 5,500 female citizens in this case to build a new kind of a database for studying female health and for being able also to yeah, put some action on a yet understudied and under-researched health topic in, in Europe. But anyone who, just like I did, thinks that the Ars Festival this year is almost traditionally just about the approaches, discourses and philosophies of digital humanism, have jumped the gun not factoring in Gefrit Stocker, the artistic director of Ars Electronica. As Ars Electronica is also dedicated to shaping the future, and digital humanism alone 
isn't enough. So I don't talk about digital humanism here. I jump directly into digital socialism. Is this what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I think it's important to really see this as a kind of evolution. So at the festival in September and in the next episode, we're talking about digital socialism. <laughs>